Zane Lowe, Apple Music. You're listening to the Zane Lowe interview series. I'm Hanuman stepping in for Zane, and we're pulling back the curtain and pressing play on his interview with Kelly Clarkson, a multi-hyphenate that we have watched grow up in front of us on stage for the last 20 years, and there hasn't been a moment where she has ever, ever missed a beat. This is Zane's conversation with Kelly Clarkson on the Zane Lowe interview series. Zane will be back next time. It's nice to see you smiling, especially yes. when you're listening to a song like this, which is it's like... It's called I Hate Love. Right? <laughs> It's funny, you know, because if you listen to the lyrics, if, I, if you wrote this down as, as poetry, I would read it and, I, and there would be humor like all things human. Yeah. But at the same time, it'd be heartbreaking. And then you dress it up in this thing with tempo and groove and it's almost theatrical at times. The thing feels like yeah. you're presenting this concept, very challenging concept in a way that is manageable for you, but also for us because it's a heavy topic. It is a heavy topic. But I think, honestly, I didn't, there was no thought process to this album for me, really. It was all just, I mean, thought process in the sense of I'm going through something and trying to figure out where I'm at and what I'm feeling and what I'm going to do that but like as far as like oh this is a song that I'm going to put on a record like that wasn't it um it was really just a lot of it like before you got here I was listening to with your people and I was yeah. like man this is like I was very angry yeah <laughs> and foundation being hurt um uh, yeah, yeah. so yeah so it's really just yeah I didn't really think about it and I do like the idea of taking a quirky pop happy sound melodically and like the sound of the you know the production mm. and then putting a dark lyric with the it contrast is a big part of what, what makes music connect with people. i like that i think if you just hammer heavy things in heavy ways and some people do it beautifully and brilliantly i mean tom york will break my heart oh, every yeah. time but um there's there's something really special about being able to i mean you know the smiths man let me dance while someone like tells me that yeah. their, their life is basically over yeah it's, it's like, a dumpster fire it's a dumpster fire jimmy jam and terry lewis <laughs> yeah. right i'm yeah. going to do the running man on the dance oh floor God. for four minutes while you tell me how your heart is broken and yeah Smithereens. Oh my God, Jimmy Jimmy Taylor. Yeah, great producers. Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah. just uh, what do we call them? Heartbreak bangers. Yeah, I love those. Yeah, I obviously. Can tell. <laughs> <laughs> I sort of feel like I owe, an, uh, I owe you a, uh, an unintentional, well, an intentional apology for an unintentional situation. At the end of last year, we were speaking about a Christmas album. Yeah, when Christmas comes around, that's the last time we talked. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was we, in my office. Yeah, we got into it, and the conversation kind of got into places that. You know, we're very personal. I could tell you were going through it, and and it's in my nature to want to to want to kind of be a part of the, the that process from a holistic point of view, not from a sort of ripping it out. I'm not like a truffle pig for trauma. You know, I'm just yeah. if the conversation presents itself, I'm into it. Yeah. Um, and at the end, the sort of the vibe that we got was like, it's too soon. It's too soon for those conversations to happen because you're still in the process of figuring out what Very the music's so. going to do. Yeah. And I respected that. And, and I'm glad we're having a chance to sit down and meet properly face to face for the first time to yeah. talk about this album now for real, for real. Yeah. I mean, because it's, it's interesting, though, because um, the Christmas record touches on it. I mean, it's kind of. A lot of it is a breakup Christmas record. It's a breakup, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. the saddest song I think I've ever written is on that record, uh, Merry Christmas to the One I Used to Know. So, um, no, but I was very much in it. So, uh, even the label, they were really respectful because I was like, look, I can't put this music out. One, I'm not even sure what I want to put out, if I'm going to put whatever out. I was like, and two, I just needed to be at a different chapter, you know, or season of this relationship yeah. to, like, be able to talk about it without literally breaking down well you just you summed it up beautifully because you said you were listening to it like oh, i i and it wasn't lost on me that the i was angry i was mad i was furious when i made this music when music arrives in our life we think we know you but that's who you were yeah that's the difference so i needed to be i needed to be at a different place so i understand that but i will say contrary to what you just said i don't feel like i have to 
avoid it. Mm-hmm. I'm not that person that mm-hmm. like has to avoid something. And it was also very um, uh, thought out and 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 very much on purpose um, to have the album not just be like a divorce or breakup album. It was more of a relationship album. So there's stuff on there like Favorite Kind of High or chemistry. Magic, Chemistry. Like there's stuff on there that's like, you know, with Magic, it's like, okay, it's hard. Relationships are hard. This is worth it. I'm willing to like, get beat up for this like I'm willing like if you can do it and I'll do it if we do this together I can do it you know and there's that you're not really sure like of what you're going to do you know and then it has to be that way doesn't it I mean if you sat down and said to your collaborators I'm going to spend the next three months pouring my heart into something that I'm going through that's that visceral but I don't think it's normal to have something like a favorite kind of high on an album like this but no but it was important to me because I don't I think it's a waste when somebody says you know they jump in and they wash it all off it's like I don't want to wash it all off. I, my my whole thing is like, yes, there's parts that I'm like, you let go of um, dreams or hope or things like that. But like, there is a very big part of that relationship that was, I never thought I'd experience love like that. I never thought I would ever have that. And people are fortunate to have that, you know, to at least experience it. It didn't work out, but that doesn't mean it was all bad. It just means it didn't end well. Wow. I mean, you, that's an enlightened place at the end of, of uh, I mean, well, that's, they, that's three a, years of therapy. That's therapy. Yeah. I was going to say that, t- <laughs> was, that takes work. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you, you don't get to come to a conclusion like that after something as life changing as losing someone you thought you were going to spend the rest of your life with, unless you have the tools in the box. Right? Yeah. yeah You've yeah, got to yeah. get the tools. And in I the did box. not have them. When did you start to feel better? You know what? I don't know that there's one moment. I think it's um, gradual. And that's what people tell you, too. I mean, it's interesting because this album starts off with a song called Skip This Part. And I, I literally say, it's heartbreaking. can I skip this part? It's heartbreaking. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's funny. When I met my therapist, I said, I just want to get to the end. No, that's literally. So I literally said to my therapist, like, and it wasn't even, honestly, we weren't even divorced. Like, we weren't separated then. It was like, when we first started talking, it was like marriage counseling. It was like trying to make We're it work. We're trying to figure it out. We're trying to figure it out. Like, I really... I desperately want to make this happen, but I think I knew in my heart I just wasn't going to, you know? So I think it just happens over time. And people tell you that. They're like, don't worry, the end is there. And you're like, shut up. Like, it's like at the time you're just like, I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear the end of the the light of the tunnel. I don't want to hear all the bumper stickers you're about to feed me. Like, it's just shitty. And that's where I'm at. And like, I just, I don't want to go through it. But I think, honestly, people, you can call it, hippy dippy LA, whatever you want to call it. Cause I'm from the South and people don't generally go to therapy. They didn't when I lived there. Yeah. And so you can call it whatever you want, but it's very helpful to have a trained professional that knows how to kind of navigate you through rough seas of like, and it's a roller coaster. That's the album too. It goes up and down. It's it like, does. I'm out and it's like, wait, I'm in. Cause you love yeah. makes you do really <laughs> incredible things and incredibly stupid things. And, and so, um, I don't think there was like a moment. I think it just gradually happened to where one day, I think one thing that did help me is she was she was like, you don't have to attend every argument that you're invited to. And like that really stuck with me. <laughs> That's a good one. Like it is. That's a good one. No, and it really helped me because I was like, because I think I'm the person, I'm a fixer, which is really Same. annoying. And I'm and I think everything is salvageable. And I think everything can be, there's no lost person. I think change exists. I think all these things. Yeah, so, but you know what we have to be careful of is that we don't insert our own identity into other people's problems in order to serve our own purpose by even with the best of intentions. That is emotionally mugging people. And that's what I got Absolutely, to absolutely. But at the same time, you can't, um, and I learned this as a child, like, you know, they had us like, even in church, they had us like stand up on a chair, like you had partners and mm. one was standing on a chair and one was standing on the floor. And it was like, okay, so 
try and pull the person up on the chair. And it was like so hard like to do. Like a lot of us couldn't do it. We're yeah. kids. But then it was like, okay, try and pull them down. Yeah. And then obviously all of us fell off the stool. Like, you know, and it was just like, that's, you can't, you can't help someone out, uh, uh, if they're not willing to climb up there with you. You can't help someone. And I love the lesson in that. And, and also like not just one sided, like, there's two people, right? So there's, and it's, and, 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 and sometimes you go in different directions and, and it's, you know, and that's Lighthouse, the song Lighthouse. It's like, you know, we're both out here treading water. And, you know, I started writing that song thinking, cause everybody has told me since I was a kid, oh, you're such a light, which is a lot of pressure to put on a kid. So then you feel like every time you enter a room, if you're not the light, you're not like living up to what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. Like what's wrong with you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why are yeah. you sad? Yeah, like, exactly. it's like, <laughs> we feel it. Yeah. Yeah. That's so right. it's that, that's hard. But I think it's funny though, cause I started that song off um, ego alert. Um, but I was like, I, I was the lighthouse <laughs> when I started writing it. And then I figured out while writing it, mm. no one's the lighthouse. The lighthouse is what we never got to. Like we just couldn't get there. We could not, we're never going to get there to get, we were in the dark, lost at sea, treading water, couldn't find each other, no matter how hard you swam. And I think when you, when you finally go, I can't fix this. I can't, there's no amount of hope that will you know or trying or whatever like it actually is freeing it's incredibly sad and it's a dark place and fetal position on the floor crying and you know there's so much loss with that and I'd never experienced grief like that but I also think it's very freeing to go hey I can't like we're both we we gotta we gotta let each other go this is not this is not working like it's not gonna this is not gonna pan out for and it's not working for either one of us and then we have two little kids watching us yeah and you don't want to set that example for like, this is what, this is what they're going to set the bar for. I'm like, I don't want my kids to be in this relationship. Like, I want them to aim higher. The commitment's coming from a place that isn't necessarily true to itself. It's coming Absolutely. from a, it's, it's almost another form of abandonment issues, you know, where you're just yeah. like, yeah. Yeah. Which I 100% have. Same. <laughs> yeah. Which is, you know what? We were talking earlier. Um, not that you want somebody to go through that, but I also think because of my childhood stuff, um, I think having to go through that and having to learn that lesson definitely developed a thick skin and able to survive an industry that can be very hard on people. Um, and also set me up, I think, um, unhealthily in certain areas, but also I'm very strong in other areas I don't think people are. Like I'm able to compartmentalize better than anyone I know. Wow, where does it go? Well, it, it doesn't go away and I know that. So I know that's not healthy to like completely, but I just mean like, okay, example, even when you were talking to me, like for the Christmas record, mm -hmm. like I was going through it. Like I was literally, I remember talking to you because mm. by the way, I was in court right before talking to you. So like. <laughs> I know because like, they were wrapping you up. Yeah. I, like, like she got to go. And I was like, I've heard that before. And they're like, no, no, she has to go. No, I have to go. Like it was like, it was a really hard time. My running sort of line with people I work with, it's just music. No one's going to die. Like, yeah. No, that's music. my thing. I'm like, no it's one's going to die here that's today. My line. It's music. Yeah. So I was like, ah, I'm like, it's music. I think you're also telling yourself that at the same time. Because Probably. I do that too. Because even with like karaoke's, if I, I have to learn the songs right before I see them generally because yeah. there's so many songs yeah. and I'm like okay I didn't nail it how I wanted to right. no one's gonna die I have a different mantra for myself which has helped me sort of navigate my way into a place of somewhat of equilibrium which is I'm just here for the lols <laughs> you know <laughs> that's just really my life I'm just here for the lols like I'm manifesting nothing but positivity through the idea that actually even when it's really tough there's something in it that's funny I mean yeah. there is just something in oh it humor funny. you have to find humor and there's humor on this record dude there's a lot of humor there's a lot of humor I on hate this love, record red yeah. flag collector yeah, like yeah, even yeah, the yeah. dark deep sad ones it's like i have to find humor i i have to i have to have a little tinge of that like it's one it's helpful to escape like once you said 
you know, even when you're paying attention to something else, yeah. it's nice for perspective. And, you know, it it is detrimental in the moment and you feel like everything is you're going to mess up your children. You're going to mess up your whole life. Like you're everything is so huge. And like now, three years later, even from separation, like it's like, you know what? I was like, yes, it is important. And yes, it was what it was. But like at the end of the day, we're all fine. We're doing fine. Everybody's finding their own, you know, lane and, mm. and we're figuring it out and it's going to be fine. How were you able to process all of this and while you were making an album and building a TV show and also to some degree protecting your children from the reality of what you're going through? I mean, this is probably one of the most hectic and pressured, heady times of your entire life. And I don't know how people do that. Um. Yeah, I don't know how people get through anything like that because I'm not going to say I did it gracefully behind closed doors, like by myself. Like it was not, I mean, just to be brutally honest, like I did not handle it well. I had like many sessions with like just my friends of like, I couldn't even speak. Like I was crying so hard. So it's like it, that, that, that's just what it is. And it, and it's because it matters to me, you know, it, all of that matters to me. And also your body and your mind and your heart and your soul and everything that's part of your chemistry and your makeup that makes you live and breathe and exist is telling you, you need to get this shit out. Oh, even before separate, like, I mean, there were like just a lot of, you know, now unhealthy habits you kind of recognize or habits that you recognize that you didn't see before, you know, hindsight is a lot easier. So, um, no, that's, I mean, you didn't like, that I didn't even see happening or that I was doing, you know, not to get too specific, but like um, that I that I was doing to make sure somebody else felt, you know, enough or important, important or validated and then trying to like, I think it's, it's, a, it's a really good thing, I think sometimes um, being spiritual because I, I do love that I grew up in religion and having a servant's heart. I think that served me well. Um, but it can also really not go well for you when you're always putting yourself in somebody else's shoes. Or you're always taking care of the other person and not yourself. So um, that that did not serve me so well, it turns out, in a relationship. <laughs> um, but, but I don't want that to change because I do like that I see potential in people and I see who they can be and I see... Um, where we could be. I think that, I think that's nice. I like living a hopeful existence. There's a term that I like to use in that situation because I had to work out where, where I was best suited as well mm. and what was best for me and not just to walk into every scenario and just try to fix it. Yeah. I can fix it. Yeah. Right. And that is like, be thoughtful with your thoughtfulness. I think, you know, even mm. if you have this desire to want to go in there and make something better and be thoughtful with it, be thoughtful to yourself. Be thoughtful to the person. Are they ready to receive? Really just take a mm. step back for a second and just realize that um, there's a lot going on here rather than just the desire to resolve. I think it too is just, I think what I've learned mostly out of all of this and writing this record and all of the emotions that it comes with, with grief and loss is it's, it's one of those things too. I read something, not everyone is deserving of your story or worth it or worth your time. Like, and it doesn't mean that that person is never is bad and you're good or you're bad and they're good. It's just like, that's not what it is right now. Like they're not ready to, to receive that or hear that or whatever. And, and if you don't have a partnership where you're both open to like the other one's perspective and thoughts and vantage point, it's just never going to work. 
If there are people who have grievances or issues with the way something's being managed and you're at the center of it. Even in a relationship. Relationships, Mm -hmm. workplaces, whatever. We're discovering this now. And I think that it is the age of discourse. And I know it's uncomfortable for a lot of people because... It's not uncomfortable for me. No, nor me. But I think think a lot of people are like, well, hang on, this stuff just... We just used to get, you know, pull up your bootstraps, get your head down, do your work, figure it out. It is what it is. You know, swallow it up. All those lines get kicked around, which basically says keep the train on the track. Mm -hmm. And I think what people are saying right now is like... But who wants to be on a train that's like... chaos yeah or broke yeah right exactly like either relationship whatever kind of relationship you're talking about like it's not why are we working so hard you know i'm saying like and i love like i think i've developed that i didn't like confrontation as a kid but i love it now what changed i think i just got exhausted i got exhausted from dancing for so many like i just got it's exhausting it's exhausting and i'm just too old for it now i'm just like and i think that comes with age a little bit of wisdom of like you're not an asshole if you just point out like hey like um i'm exhausted from this conversation or being attacked in this way Mm. or accused of something like and it's like i'm it's exhausting like you know i'm saying like it's like let's fix it like let's remedy it or let's at least work towards you know not having this conversation over and over again you know so it's because obviously there's something with that person like if you keep bringing something it's called projection 101 so it's yeah it's like what's going on you know like and if and if you can't figure that out then like get off the train Fine. You know how many trains there are if you don't absorb it (laughs) (laughs) if if you don't absorb it, it it will bounce back at the person but and honestly the quickest, and it just is know. a ping pong yeah. from game from hell this album is called chemistry uh it is you know like you said it is a it is a a, a wonderful all-encompassing very human experience based out of the idea of what a relationship is and the mm. reality of what it becomes right because we have ideas mm-hmm. like, you know, i love is an idea at first yeah. you know it's a feeling and then an idea of what it can become and then it's like and okay hope. yeah and then it's like okay how much work can we put into this realistically yeah. to see it through the well that's the thing too though i don't know about you but it's like i know the everything takes work i mean good lord i love working like yeah. i love jobs i love all that kind of stuff and i even love in a relationship friendship family whatever i'm the person that like Politics are on the table. Faith is on the table. Everything's on the table because I don't know everything. So I like learning Mm -hmm. and I like other people's perspective. And work is an investment in people. Exactly. And that's, that's the thing. It's like when you're trying so hard to do that with someone and they're not reciprocating, it's like, okay, then that just shows me like, I'm not worth that to you. Like, you know what I'm saying? That just shows that like, you know what I'm saying? Like you're not willing to like, so, and that's in a lot of relationships, you know? So I don't know. It's just a, it's a it's a difficult thing. I get it. Like relationships are hard. You have two people coming from two different worlds, especially like when you're 30. You know, well, especially when you have abandonment issues, you want to fix things and you don't like confrontation. What you're saying to people up until a point which you've gotten to now in your life through the music and the therapy and the trauma, mm-hmm. it, what you've said in the first half of your life is like, well, I, I'm not going anywhere. And it's mm-hmm. like that you think that people like I think we sometimes think like I'm not going anywhere is like a sign of sort of loyalty and respect and everything else. But you're just holding yourself in a place that maybe you should Leave. Yeah, you're holding yourself hostage. Yeah, you are. yeah, 100%. And it's like it should be work, like relationships are work, like whether it's a working relationship, lover, family, whatever, but it shouldn't be that hard. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like that's my I was like I'm just I just here for feel the walls, like Kelly. I'm like this is this I'm just is here for the walls. like you shouldn't feel like it should be I feel like I don't know, but I feel like it should feel at least like you're if uh, there are hard days, but every day isn't a struggle, you know? So I just because people be like, well, it's, you know, they're like, oh, religion. I had, oh, I had this. Yeah. I think we took it out of the interview. But I had so many in it. I was interviewing someone during this whole time for me for the show. 
hilariously enough, they're getting divorced now, but whatever. But they kind of shamed me um, when it was announced or whatever that um, divorce is happening. And it was like, oh, my God, this is so <laughs> triggering from coming from the South. But it was like they kind of shamed me. I was like, well, a relationship is hard. And, and I was like, oh, I was like, you're that person right now. Like, assuming you know what happens behind closed doors, assuming you know my life. I was like, okay, and you're going to shame me for it right now. Hilariously enough, this person's getting divorced. Well, there's but the like, projection we, we spoke about I seven know, but it was ago. just, it broke my heart. And it's like, okay, I'm going to, and then you, whatever, you work it out and you're like, they're going through something. I'm going to let that go. I think also when you give people solutions, Kelly, like since you've been gone <laughs> is a solution for millions and millions of people. Yeah. Right? It's like you gave people the key. And then you're on the other end of this experience. A lot of people don't know how to translate that and help you. All of a sudden, the identity is tough for people to figure out, like, mm. we're used to getting it. You know, what? How, how, how do we help you? What do we say? What do we do? do and maybe the answer is nothing. Oh, maybe it's just listen. Maybe just listen mm -hmm. and don't try and offer any sort of kind yeah. of prototype page six in a handbook solutions. Mm -hmm. Just let somebody be. Which is hard for people to just listen. It's yeah. hard for people when they think they know you or feel like they know you. Mm -hmm. um, and they love you for reasons that don't translate into that really challenging equation. Mm-hmm. Because love is very different. Like the way that you talk about love on this album is different to how fans love you. Yeah. You know I, what I mean? Yeah. But I hope that, I think that the thing with this album though is that I'm, unfortunately, I think everybody has gone through some kind of relationship in your life to where you felt like you try so hard, you're in, it's going well, then it, oh my God, what? And then it's, and, 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 and especially like I know a lot of people that, um, even like a crew member that I've worked with forever is like, oh my gosh, girl. I listened to this record like coming because we were doing a show and he yeah. had to listen to it for yeah. work. And he was listening to the record and he was like, you nailed like every is. stage what of like, like what it is, the high, the intoxicating part. But yeah. like you hold on to things like that and what it could be, but not what it actually is. Like, so hopefully, you know, people connect and don't feel isolated alone. And because that's the worst part when you're going through something, no matter what I said to my friends, no one would get, no one got it, you know. It being so public, misinformation, well, things that were right, and then people talk to you about it and you want to scream at the top of your lungs. It's not That's what the really truth messed is. up, right? Yeah, like, yeah, like yeah, yeah. and like, you know, it's just no one knows that. And I don't know theirs because whatever theirs is, you can't experience, you know, full on what someone else is experiencing. So that's just and it's very isolating. Oh, it's the most isolating thing in the world. I remember being on the floor crying fetal position, mm -hmm. um, heartbroken many, many years ago, and a friend coming around to check on me and he picked me up and he tried to give me that pep talk and I was like, bro, it's like you're talking like you may as well just be making noise right now. Yeah. And I don't need a self-help <laughs> book right you're, now. <laughs> you're not getting through to me. Yeah. So let's just stop. And yeah. just, maybe just just sit in silence. And yeah. just do nothing. You're not ready to receive that. Maybe you just need to sit in it. Man, I'm so grateful you made this album. I'm, I think people are really going to, I think, you know, and I can tell, I can tell you are. This, it's more this, of a necessity. This, I was going to say, this, yeah. this, this could almost have not even have come out. No, Oh, trust me. There's tons that didn't. <laughs> Uh, fuck you, but, fuck you, fuck yeah. you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, yeah. go fuck yourself, saying, fuck you, saying Boom. names, yeah, like, it's just, that's the first single, there's, 
<laughs> Which actually isn't like somebody will make that, by the way, like, some kind of remix. Um, no, that's there's a lot that didn't that mm. didn't make it. But yes, but I do think that there, that's the cool thing about art, though, like whether you're a painter, sculptor, writer, singer, whatever you're doing, mm. like a dancer, like you can tell when someone's been through something. This is the worst thing, too. And I it's it's my it's my pet peeve of art whenever um, it's so transparent that you have no idea what you're singing about yeah. <laughs> or yeah. talking about. It's yeah, like yeah. it's so transparent with the artist. I'm like, I can't hear. It's you're undeserving. You're undeserving to sing that lyric right now, because unless you felt it, like, don't try and talk about it. Don't try and tell me what I'm feeling. Like, you know what I'm saying? That's like, that's very hard for me to hear. There's a young artist I want to put on your radar, which I'm telling What's everybody about. His name's Ryan Beatty. Ryan he's Beatty? Ryan Beatty, yeah. He's a young guy. He's he's worked with, you know, some really great artists. He's collaborated with Tyler, the creator. He was in Brockhampton for a while, but he's come out. He took three or four years out. He went traveling. He made this album. He made it up in Shangri-La, very small group of people, and he's made this remarkable body of work. I think we don't give youth enough credit because everybody's like, oh, they're young. They don't know. And I'm like, the youth, oh, God, when you're young, you feel more you i feel. feel more you yeah, do when you're young you feel you more you're open to everything exactly you're like a sponge to it so it's like you're you feel i think pain more you feel you know because then when you're older you have enough wisdom and experience to know i will get through this it sucks but like there is another side. When you're there, it's so huge. You I mean, feel everything. The impact is so This is the kid so who wrote harder. the lyric on the next song. I cut the bruises off a peach, not as beautiful, but just as sweet. I mean, it's mm. like... I love the lyrics. Yeah. It's interesting, though. He used the word sober. I have the... I used the word sober in Lighthouse. And it's like, um, I didn't choose sober. But one day, you are you see it. And then you can't unsee it. Was you know, it, did you did you feel did you feel that in that moment when you uh, saw Lighthouse it? is the song where I like I finally decided I was like, OK, and I just we were going to tread water and drift away to different oceans. <laughs> like it's like it's like, and let the lighthouse shine on somebody else. Yeah. And like and sometimes the light, you know, there is no light to find, you know, like sometimes, unfortunately, it goes out, you know, so um but that's the thing I like to, I'm talking about sober because like one day you, when you're sober and it's like one day you wake up and you can't, you can't not see it. Like once you see it, like people will tell you nonstop, like, hey, this is unhealthy and like, hey, this is happening and you don't see it because you're in it and you love someone and like with your whole being and you don't see it. But then the day you do see it, there's no one seeing it. I love promoting like it's music that I love. It's I know. I know. Like, but even in like, I, I, it's, it's so, it's like, I need somebody to be able to heal. Like I did like, and hear like, this is important. And like, people don't get like, there are songs and records that do not get the recognition that you feel like you're like, why is no one listening? Like, why is this not like I'm, number one right now? I'm relentless with that. Yeah. I mean, that's why I knew I had to do this because my friends would be like, okay. It's important what you're doing. Okay. Yeah. Same. Mm -hmm. You were talking about the idea of still being in it. Mm -hmm. That to me is real pain, knowing that you're in it. and and But but there's going to be a moment when you get out of it. Are you familiar with the song Hyperballad by Björk? I love Björk, but no. I'll read you the lyrics. We live on a mountain right at the top. The beautiful view. From the top of the mountain, every morning I walk towards the edge and throw little things off, like car parts, bottles, and cutlery, or whatever I find lying around. It's become a habit, a way to start the day. And I go through all this before you wake up. Wondering so I, what it's like to so be that I thing that's fleeing. Well, that's the second verse. I know, so I know I, where it's going now. So I can feel happier to be safe up here with you 
I go through all this before you wake up so I can feel happier to be safe up here with you. Jesus. Yeah. I'll read it. It's early morning. No one is awake. I'm back at my cliff, still throwing things off. I listen to the sounds they make on their way down. I follow with my eyes till they crash. I imagine what my body would sound like slamming against those rocks. And when it lands, will my eyes be closed or open? Wow. I my brain went to like knowing. I think when you're in that painful place too, it's like whenever you first started reading the lyrics, it's like when you're craving the feeling of just that kind of freedom of like, and you know it's going to not end well. You're going to die. You know what I'm saying? When you're craving that, like in that lyric, when you're craving that, there's something wrong. <laughs> like, you know, when you're craving that amount of free fall, like just because you either need to feel free, you need to feel something other than pain, you need to like, mm. that's, she's a great writer. I like yeah, New York. To feel safe again. Yeah. With you. Because you're not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah, that's what I'm saying with these, these albums are so like, people keep saying too, like, oh, why do you think people look forward to like the divorce album or like whatever it is called? Who asks that? And I, people <laughs> ask. Who the fuck asks that? Almost, Yo! almost every single people interview People actually I've done. ask that question? Yep. People are like, why do people look forward to divorce albums? Are you fucking serious? I know they do almost every interview. Um, but here's the thing. Here's why is because tragedy and that depth of sadness yeah. is really relatable and people don't talk about it enough you listen to it with your headphones on and you to feel connected to something because you're supposed to because society says like let's you know let's change it let's be happy let's be and then what is happy everybody can't be happy all the time but like it's yeah that people say that almost every interview that's a really tough question but the <laughs> reason why is because i mean think about it john lennon's imagine like i said this in another interview i'm like that's not from a happy place. No. That's from war. That's yeah. from people literally, like, war. I can't live That's if living huge... is without you. Yeah, exactly. But, like, all those songs that, that are huge for us are, like, yeah, imagine all the people. Imagine what we could be. Like, no, it's terribly sad. That's because we're it's, not that. Like, it's, that's sad. That's, you know what that is? People talk about unrequited love in songs in, in terms of relationships. Imagine mm. is the great unrequited love song for our species. Oh. It's like, it's like when you fall out of love with somebody and then you write a song that's like what we could have been. It's that, but for us as people. Yeah. <laughs> let's write that song. Let's it's write that. Yeah, I'm like. <laughs> it's been written. Yeah, I know, but no, but let's write another version of that. That's nice. That's, I'm like, that's really. That's intense, what right? We I mean, been. what yeah. we could have been, right? Imagine what we could have been. Oh, yeah. people sing it and they sway, wave their arms in the air, sway side to side, and hug each yeah. other and say, "What a great date night!" And little do they know they're actually on the precipice of the apocalypse. Yeah, I think there's a song though. Like I have a song called Magic on there and then I'm thinking about it on this new album. Like it's like that's why though you hold on because you do. You are imagining it. You feel it's magical. Cause here's the thing about chemistry and why I named it that is like it's intoxicating, it's fun, it's wonderful, it's a high that you will never experience from a drug. Like, you know what I'm saying? There's no kind of drug that can give you that. Like and then also it can be detrimental. You keep coming back to this place yeah, it's a loop. because it's magic it's for a, a minute that it's a loop. you'll it's like people that are addicted to drugs it's like you're willing to throw away all this other time for that one moment of like euphoric like whatever you know um yeah and then you come back to reality and you realize jobs <laughs> kids <laughs> family 
Booze. Things are tying me Flies. down. Chains. <laughs> Move. <laughs> You're writing the song right now. <laughs> that's, you just, you just, that's a great pre. <laughs> it's, like, it's a great pre. It is. It's a great, it's a solid pre-chorus. <laughs> What's a career highlight for you? I wrote a great pre mm-hmm. once. In an interview about devastating relationships. <laughs> it's track 14 on a 13 song album. <laughs> it's funny, Mariah Carey has a song actually that I love that I come back to called Side Effects. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know it, but that's a, that's a really solid song. People don't give her enough credit. I think they give her quite a lot of credit. People don't give her, no, no, people give her credit as like a singer. I don't think people give her credit as a writer. Right. I don't think oh, people no. realize. Oh my God, no. And the thing yeah. is, is she, like, I interviewed she her. She wrote all that shit. Dude, she wrote, everyone thinks that um, the Christmas jam, everyone thinks all that, for Christmas. yeah, everyone thinks that that's like a, com- like a combined effort and the perfect Christmas song. She wrote that on a Casio tone in seven minutes. Totally. I believe it. She told me. Yeah. She's like, I woke up one day and I was like, dun, 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 for Christmas. And one thing I need on a Casio tone keyboard. Casio? She's like Ross on Friends. And now she's bum, 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 seriously, bum, bum, she's like Boston Overbeat. <laughs> <laughs> and she didn't get Sheila E on it. And so, so she's, right? She didn't, right, she didn't yeah. even get Sheila E on it, right? <laughs> so she's on a Boston Overbeat writing that song and she's second only in passive income to Michael Jordan. Boom. Dude, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, yeah, no, financially she's rocking it because of what she's done. I just mean I think people think of her as a songbird and 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 oh, don't and what a don't lovely way to put it. Too. And they don't think of her as like the writer as that a she writer. is. Because we talk about Carol King, we talk about James Taylor. Those are all amazing people, yes. Yeah. But I'm just saying, uh she's a beast. There are a number of like, not even like <laughs> what voice was not, that? Like that a was, number of There hits. are a number it's, You went into full wrestler mode. Oh, Hulk Hogan, I'm coming after you. Never watched wrestling, but I'll take it. Um, there are, though, there's like an insane amount of hits. like, And not even hits. Like, God, looking in. Like, she's got all these album tracks. I'm just yeah, saying. Like, she's, she's a beast. Yeah. She's a beast. Yeah. You think I about, love great writing. I think about your journey, and I think about what music was for you as a kid and how it helped you form an identity that was your own and helped you connect with people, a desire for connection. I know you have a deep desire for connection. Mm-hmm. I know that. Through the music, through the TV show, and just spending this time with you, you you like to connect. You're yeah. curious. You like the connective tissue of humanity. I Very dig it. curious. I'm saying. So I get it. It takes one to know one. And, and so I think about what music was for you in the beginning. And I think how wonderful it must be now. If, if I may just provide you with a bit of perspective, you probably don't allow yourself. Um, to be able to take a, to take a step because artists don't. No, I know you, you know me well. To, to take a step. You're about to compliment me. I am, I am, I am, and I've heard that Kelly doesn't take compliments very well. Uh, but but I will receive it. I, to be able to take a step back from where you began, and and just just absorb and 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 feel this this 14 song album and what the artist you've become, and now what music means to you versus what it meant to you, right? Like, it's not the ticket to ride anymore. Mm-hmm. It's yours to tell your story, to leave these beautiful documents for people to absorb, for your children to hear, for your fans to hear. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's there for you now for the rest of your life. Do you know what I mean when I say that? Yes, but I will say this. I think, and I think for a lot of artists this is true, probably, um, I think I've always been that person because you can ask labels. They're not a fan of me because I'm always never about the money because they're always like, you know, they'll shove money at you to like just record this. I'm like, I don't want to record that. Like, that's not me. Like, and there are compromises along the way, whatever. But um, I think I've always been the person like music has always been a necessity for me. Mm. Um, Even like when I was a kid, I had a like a like I was saying, I had a hard time with confronting not only others, but even myself, if I'm being honest, like with what I'm feeling and where I'm at. And it was very hard for me to to describe or or put into 
words to have a conversation with someone. So my mom shoved a journal in front of me and was like, you, if you're not going to talk to me or anybody else, like, write it down. Oh, and, mom gets yeah. one. That yeah. is So it started as poetry and yeah. then it became lyrics. Yeah, yeah, and it yeah. became, so I think it's always been a necessity Yeah, for I'm being me. too simplistic. You're right. But I, but I do, I do. I just think this album, I just, I guess what I'm really trying to say in a ham-fisted and clunky way is <laughs> that, you know, albums like this, if you're lucky, you get to write an album like this. Hear me out. Mm-hmm. If if you go through something as visceral and as life-changing and as, and as disruptive and heartbreaking as this, and you get to come out of it with something that reflects that time in a positive and healing way. Mm-hmm. In a validating way. Yeah. That's, that's, that's. That's why I feel very blessed and fortunate that I am a person that can at least have something tangible, like to like showcase that. Like, you know, for me, like just even for me, um, I, I, I do feel lucky because I don't think everybody has that voice. Not technically, I mean like metaphorically that voice to like even be able to to have something to hold or listen to or whatever <clears throat> to not to, to, to memorialize it by any means, but almost like a scrapbook, like just a different chapter in your life. And yeah, I feel very lucky. You've got such a perfect balance now because you get to immerse yourself in the human stories and mm-hmm. you get to write your own. Yeah. And most artists write their own stories and they don't get to get the curiosity of everybody else's. To, mm-hmm. to your point, it can be a very bubble-inducing experience. Yeah, very egocentric one. Yeah. And yeah. now you get to give as much as you – you get as much as you give. And it, I just think it's just beautiful. Like long may that balance continue for you. I'm, yeah. You know, I mean, congrats on everything that's happening for you. I mean, I know that your fans get the reason not to tour and, and it will come when it comes, but the Vegas shows will be fun. And Yeah, we're excited about them because we usually only play two-minute songs on the Kelly Clarkson show. <laughs> so my band was like, oh, my God, this is what it feels like to play a, to show? Play a full song, to one, a and then a full show. Yeah, we're excited about it. Well, I really enjoy this conversation, Kelly, and um, I was too. I was looking forward to it, you know, ever since we connected at the end of last year, and I'm glad that we were able to go where we went. So thank you for your time. Till next time. Till next time. <laughs>